0: إن الحمد name of the Lord, we بالله been able to do this in the name of the Lord. We have been able to do this al fi qubur salihin yusayyiruha This chapter is about exaggeration at the graves of the pious people. Exaggerating and going too far at the graves of pious people it can lead Shirk Occurring Inna min a'azami asbabi wuqo'i shirk fi ddu'a Ma awhaahu adubu Allahi wa adubu ibadihi almu'minine iblis ila hizbihi wa ihi min fitna biqubur al-anbiya'i wal-awliyai wa saliheem One of the greatest types of fitna, one of the greatest types of misguidance is what the shaitan has whispered to people about the graves of pious people. Shaitan tries to get people to commit shirk at the graves, graves of pious people. So the shaytan will try and get people to commit shirk at the graves of the prophets or the graves of the pious people, the salihun and the awliya of Allah by getting people to go there and make dua to them حَتَّى الْأَمْرُ فِيهَا إِلَىٰ أَنْ عُبِدَ أَرْبَابُهَا مِن دُونِ Wa ubedat ubu rum, what tukhidat outhana Wabuniat alayhel hayakil. Wasowirat arbabuha thummajoilat tilka suor ajsad and lahavil. So these graves, they have made them into shrines. They made the graves into shrines into temples and they go there to these graves these shrines and temples and they begin worshipping those people in the graves and they begin making pictures of them and in the end they even make statues of them and start calling upon them besides Allah وَكَانَ أول بُقُوعِ هَذَا الداء فِي قَوْمِ نُوحٍ كَمَا أَخْبَرَ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ عَنْهُمْ فِي كِتَابِهِ حَيْثُ يَقُولِ And the first time this shirk occurred, the first time this shirk occurred, was at the time of which messenger? نوح عليه السلام ان الله تعالى سن القران قال نوح رب انهم عصوني واتبعوا من لم يزده ماله وولده الا خسارا ومكروا مكرا كبارا وَقَالُوا لَا تَذَرُنَّ آلِهَتَكُمْ وَلَا تَذَرُنَّ وَدَّا وَلَا سُوَاعًا وَلَا يَهُوفَ وَيَعُوْقَ وَنَصْرًا وَقَدْ اضلوا كَثِيرًا روى البخاري في صحيحه عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما قال هذه أسماء رجال صالحين من قوم نوح فلما هلكوا أوحى الشيطان إلى قومهم أن انصبوا إلى مجالسهم التي كانوا يجلسون فيها أنصابا وسموها بأسمائهم ففعلوا فلم تعبد حتى إذا هلك أولئك تنسخ العلم عبدت So the first time shirk happened was at the time of Nuh, or those people at that time, they had some very pious people living amongst them. And when those pious people died, everybody else became very sad. And so the shaitan, he told them, firstly to go to the graves of those pious people to remember them. Then he said to them, go to the graves of those pious people and stay there. Stay there for lengthy periods of time. Remember them for a long time. Eventually he said to them, why don't you just make some pictures of them and some statues of them and put them in your homes and where you sit in your gathering places So when you see those pictures and those representations, you'll remember those pious people and you won't need to go all the way out to the graves. So they did it. They still didn't worship the statues, but when they died and the next generation came, the later generations came, their sons and their sons and their sons, they didn't know why their grandfathers had built these statues and pictures. They didn't know who they were. So shaitan came to them and said, your forefathers had made these statues because they used to worship them. These new ones didn't know. They thought that's the reason. So they began to worship them. And that is when the first shirk it occurred. Qal ibn jarir fi tafsirih وكان من خبر هؤلاء فيما بلغنا ما حدثنا به ابن حميد قال حدثنا مهران عن سفيان عن موسى عن محمد بن قيس أن يغوث ويعوق ونصرا كانوا قوما صالحين من بني آدم وكان لهم أتباع يقتدون بهم فلما ماتوا قال أصحابهم الذين كانوا يقتدون بهم أو صورناهم كان أشوق لنا إلى العبادة إذا ذكرناهم فصوروهم فلما ماتوا وجاء آخرون دب إليهم إبليس فقال إنما كانوا يعبدونهم وبهم يسقون المطر فعبدوهم So that is the story Ibn Jarir mentions about how the shirk began that the people made pictures and statues of those pious people and they gave these pictures and statues the same names as those pious people and eventually when they died and the next generation came the next generation didn't know any better and the Shaytan convinced them that these statues and idols and everything it was for the sake of worship. So they began worshipping them, and they began asking them for dua, and uh, asking for the rainfall through them, and making worship to them. And that is when the first shirk occurred. قال غير واحد من السلف كان هؤلاء صالحين في فَلَمَّا مَاتُوا عَكَفُوا عَلَىٰ قُبُورِهِمْ ثُمَّ صَوَّرُوا تَمَافِيلَهُمْ ثُمَّ طَالَ عَلَيْهِمُ الْأَمَدُ فَعَبَدُوهُمْ That these were pious people and when they died the people used to go and stand at their graves and sit at their graves for a long time. Then afterwards they made pictures and statues of them and then, when time went by, eventually the next people began to worship them, and that's when Allah sent who? Nuh عليه السلام. ولهذا تضافرت الأدلة وتواترت النصوص عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في المنع من ذلك والتحذير منه والتغريض فيه. And that is why there are so many narrations where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam told us not to go and become excessive at the graves. Not to go and start making dua at the graves, asking the people in the graves to help us or asking them to take our dua to Allah. That is all false that is all false asking the people of the graves to take our dua to Allah is false raw al bukhari wa muslim an aisha radiyallahu <laughs> anha anna umma salama radiyallahu anha dhakarat li rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wasallam kanisa ra'atha bi ard al habasha wa ma fiha min فَقَالَ أُولَٰئِكَ إِذَا مَاتَ فِيهِمُ الرَّجُلُ الصَّالِحُ أَوِ الْعَبْدُ الصَّالِحُ بنوا عَلَىٰ قَبْرِهِ مَسْجِدًا وَصَوَّرُوا فِيهِ تِلْكَ الصور أُولَٰئِكَ شَرَارُ الْخَلْقِ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ It's mentioned in this narration of Aisha that Umm Salama she mentioned to the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam about a church that she had seen in Habasha. She told the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam about a church she had seen in Habasha and about the statues and the pictures that were in there. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to her, أُولَٰئِكَ إِذَا مَاتَ الرَّجُلُ وَإِذَا مَاتَ فِيهِمْ الرَّجُلُ الصَّالِحِ أو العبد الصَّالِحِ That those people, when a righteous man amongst them died, when one of their righteous people died, بنوا عَلَىٰ قَبْرِهِ مَسْجِدًا They would build a place of worship on top of his grave a type of temple or a shrine on top of his grave and they would make statues of him and pictures of him Ulaika <inaudible> those people are the worst of creation with Allah the ones who do what? they do shirk, how? which type? building temples on top of graves, building on top of graves, building on top of the graves building the temples and shrines on top of the graves. In another narration it mentions that the Prophet ﷺ said just before he died, just before he died by a few days he said or maybe a few weeks just before he died, not too long before he died. إني إِلَى إلله أن يكون لي منكم خليل، فإن الله قد اتخذني خليلا كما اتخذ إبراهيم خليلا، ولو كنت متخذا من أمة خليلا لاتخذت أبا بكر خليلا. Ala wa inna man kana qablakum kanu yattakhidhun qubur anbiyaihim masajid Ala fala tattakhidul qubur masajid fa inni anhaakum an The Prophet sallam said that i declare my innocence before allah for me to have a khalil a most beloved friend Indeed Allah took me as a khalil just as he took Ibrahim as a khalil, as a most beloved one. And if I was going to take a khalil, then I would have taken Abu Bakr as my khalil. And then he said to them, أَلَا <laughs> That indeed those people who came before you, they used to take the graves of their prophets as mosques. Allah فَلَا تَتَّخِذُوا الْقُبُورَ Do not take the graves as mosques. فَإِنِّي أَنْهَاكُمْ عَنْ ذَلِكَ Indeed I prohibit you from that. I prohibit you from taking the graves as mosques. In another hadith in Al-Bukhari and Muslim, hadith of Abu Hurairah, radiyallahu anhu, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, qaatalallahu al-Yahuda, اتخذو qubura anbiyahihim masajid. That may Allah qaatalallah fight against or to destroy the Jews they took the graves of their prophets as mosques, as places of worship. They used to take those shrines as places of worship. And in the narration of Muslim اللَّهُ Allah cursed the Jews and the Christians. They took The graves of their prophets as mosques, as places of worship. Also, right at the end, when the Prophet was about to die, right at the last moments, it's mentioned in a hadith that he said, or oh, in the hadith of Aisha and Ibn Abbas, they said, لَمَّا نَزَلَ بِرَسُولِ الله, صلى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ طَفِقَ يَطْرَهُ خَمِيصَةً لَهُ عَلَى وَجْهِهِ فَإِذَا غْتَمَّ بِهَا كَشَفَهَا فَقَالَ وَهُوَ كَذَلِكَ لَعْنَةُ اللَّهِ عَلَى الْيَهُودِ وَالنَّصَارَى اتَّخَذُوا قُبُورَ أَنْبِيَائِهِمْ مساجد That when he was in the last moments and he was about to die And he was putting the cloth on his face and taking it off In the final moments in that pain He said the curse of Allah be upon the Jews and the Christians They took their graves of their prophets as places of worship they took the graves of their prophets as places of worship. You have the rumas anagul, so he was warning against what they had done, warning against what they had done. وَقَالَتْ عَائِشَةُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فِي مَرَاضِهِ الَّذِي لَمْ يَقُمْ مِنْهُ. La Huliahuda one Nasara, it Tahadu Kubura and Bia Ihim Massajit, Wallaula, the Likala Uberiza Kabaru, Aira and Nahu Hashia and That the Prophet Sallam said in his final illness, in the illness of his death, he said. Allah cursed the Jews and the Christians they took the graves of their prophets as mosques and because of that the grave of the Prophet was kept hidden it is not something you can go right up to it's not something apparent it was kept concealed because there was a fear people would end up taking it as a place of worship. Definitely they would do that. If it was possible for people now, they would go and do sujood there. They would go and prostrate there. They would go and do all types of worship there. They would go and slaughter there. They would do everything there. How do we know? Because they already do it in other places. All the other graves that they got access to, Graves that they say are graves of the pious people and the awliya of Allah They go do tawaf around them And they go and prostrate there Even in Al-Masjid and nabawi There are some people because of their misguidance And what the shaitan has whispered to them They do tawaf around the grave of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam How? How can they do tawaf around the grave of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? all around the mosque, they walk around the mosque seven times tawaf hawla qabrin sallallahu so alayhi sallam, seven that's what they do, this is from the misguidance and this is the problem in the ummah, when you don't have knowledge and you don't learn about Islam, then you're gonna go end up doing those kinds of things, walking around the grave of the Prophet sallam seven times doing tawaf Doing those kinds of things, it is bid'ah, it is haram, shirk, some of it. So these are the types of things the Prophet did not want. He did not want his grave to become a place of worship. He did not want his grave to become a place of shirk for people to come and prostrate there and do tawaf there and do other things there so that is why the Prophet ﷺ, even in the last moments before dying was telling us these things that the Jews and the Christians were cursed by Allah because they used to do these things meaning as a warning to the Muslims don't do these things after I die don't start taking this grave as a place of worship after I die don't build some shrine on top of it after I die and people come and do prayer and do other things here at the grave and the scholars, they say, the dua of the Prophet, Sallallahu was answered. Because his grave is secure. Nobody can come and prostrate there. Nobody can come and slaughter at the grave. Nobody can come and do tawaf directly. If they do it outside, you can't stop it. Nobody knows who's doing what. But nobody can come and do worship there, prostrate there, do ruku' there, do slaughtering there, do dua right there. They get stopped. They get stopped, anybody trying to do any kind of shirk, trying to do any type of bid'ah, they get stopped by the people there now, by the security there, and because the grave is closed up on all the sides, the other sides, they can't come and do anything, closed up by the wall up to the ceiling. Only one side they can pass through, on that side there are security, everything, nobody can prostrate there, nobody can slaughter there, you can't do any of that type of shirk. So the dua, of the Prophet was answered there is no shirk which can occur at the grave of the Prophet so there are many narrations when the Prophet warned us against that in another hadith the Prophet said Allahumma la taj'al qabri wa thanan ni'bat O Allah do not make my grave into an idol that is worshiped do not make it into some type of idol for the people that they worship wa and also he said innaman kana qablakum <laughs> kanu yattakhidun alqubur masajid ala fala tattakhidul qubur masajida fa inni anhaakum an dhalik That those who came before you, they used to take the graves as mosques. Do not take the graves as mosques, for indeed I warn you from that. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned, وَبِالْجُمْلَةِ فَمَنْ لَهُ مَعْرِفَ بِالشِّرْكِ وَأَسْبَابِهِ وَذَرَائِعِهِ وفهم عن الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم مقاصده جزم جزما لا يحتمل النقيض ان هذه المبالغه منه باللعن والنهي بصيغتيه صيغه لا تفعلوا وصيغه اني انهاكم ليس لاجل النجاسه بل هو لاجل نجاسة الشرك اللاحق بمن عصاه وارتكب ما عنده ما عنه نهاه here yeah, basically Ibn Qayyim he says look at the narrations. The Prophet ﷺ said لا تفعلوا Do not do it. Meaning do not do what the Jews and the Christians did. And in the other one إِنِّي أَنْهَاكُمْ Indeed I prohibit you. So when the Prophet ﷺ has given this severe type of wording I prohibit you and do not do then this all indicates the impermissibility of taking the graves as worship and that it is in fact shirk to do so. Shirk for a person to go to the graves and make dua to the graves. Instead what do you do then? People say, but what's wrong with going to the graves and asking the people in the graves to take your dua to Allah? What is wrong with these types of things? Why is it wrong to make du'a to the people in the graves? It's shirk. Who are you supposed to make du'a to? That's why, إذا سألت فاسأل If you're going to ask anybody, then make sure you ask Allah. لا شك أن كل مسلم الله تبارك Every Muslim makes du'a to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And a person does not make du'a to others. And that's why it mentions in the hadith, اِذَا saalta فَاسْأَلِ اللَّهِ وَإِذَا اسْتَعَنْتَ فَاسْتَعِمْ بِاللَّهِ وَعْلَمْ أَنَّ الْأُمَّةَ لَوْ اجْتَمَعَتَ عَلَىٰ ان ينفعوك بشيء لم ينفعوك الا بشيء قد كتبه الله لك وان اجتمعوا على ان يضروك بشيء لم يضروك الا بشيء قد كتبه الله عليك رفعت الاقلام وجفت الصحف in this narration of ibn Abbas عنهما, the Prophet ﷺ said, "If you ask, then ask Allah. If you ask, then ask Allah. And if you ask for help, then only ask from Allah." بِاللَّهِ If you ask for help, then make that dua to Allah only. أَنَّ الْأُمَّةَ لَوْ اجْتَمَعَتْ عَلَىٰ أَن And know that if all of the ummah got together to do something good for you, لَمْ يَنْفَعُوكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ لَكَ they would not be able to benefit you except if it was something that Allah has decreed for you if all of them got together to do something good for you they wouldn't be able to unless it was something Allah had decreed for you and if all of them got together to do some bad to you they wouldn't be able to unless it was something Allah had decreed Otherwise nobody can harm you, nobody can do anything to you. All of the people, if they come together, they will not be able to harm you. Only what Allah has decreed. Therefore, all of your trust, it should be purely in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And your dua purely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because when you are making dua, it shows that you are humbling yourself. It shows that you are humbling yourself and you are lowering yourself before your Lord. Lowering yourself in asking for what you need. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, وَمِنْ أَعْظَمِ الْإِعْتِدَاءِ وَالْعِدْوَانِ وَالذُلِّ وَالْهَوَانِ أَنْ يُدْعَى غَيْرَ From the greatest of transgression. From the greatest of transgression and degradation. From the greatest of transgression and degradation. Something very low and bad is that you call upon others besides Allah. Fa min ash shirk because indeed that is from Shirk an yushraka bih, and Allah does not forgive that you commit shirk with him. ان الشرك لظلم عظيم Indeed, shirk is a great transgression. It is a great transgression. فمن كان يرجو لقاء ربه فليعمل عملا صالحا ولا يشرك بِعِبَادَةِ ربه احدا that whomsoever desires to meet his Lord, then let him do the righteous actions. And do not commit any shirk with Allah. وَسُؤَالُ الْمَخْلُوقُ مُحَرَّمٌ لِغَيْرِ الْحَاجَةِ فيما مَا يَقْدِرُ عَلَيْهِ كَمَا ثَبَتَ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فِي الْأَحَادِيثِ الصَّحِحَةِ فِي تَحْرِيمِ الْمَسْأَلَةِ لَهُ وَلَغَيْرِهِ حديث حكيم وقبيصة وغيرهما ففي حديث حكيم بن حزام قال سألت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فأعطاني ثم سألته فأعطاني ثم سألته فأعطاني ثم قال يا حكيم إن هذا المال خضرة حلوة Women are father who be Tibi Nafs in Bourica Lahufi. Women are father who be Shroffi Nafs in Lamubarak Lahufi. Wakana Kaladi Kulu Walla Yashbah. Wal Yadul Ulia Khairum in a Yadis Sufla. Asking people is a type of humiliation. Asking other people is degradation for yourself and humiliation for yourself. To ask other people And to lower yourself in front of other people And that is one of the reasons A person does not beg people Instead you make your dua to your creator To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He is the one who hears He is the one who answers Why would you go after the people Thinking the people are going to help you Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and put your trust in Him. So there are many narrations regarding asking Allah and not asking from the creation. Any questions up to there so far? Then we move on to the next section which says That one of the mannerisms of making dua Is not to be hasty in wanting the answer to happen Don't be hasty saying I made the dua and Allah hasn't done it for me Wait, be patient إِنَّ مِنْ آدَابِ الدُّعَاءَ الْعَظِيمَةِ أَلَّا يَسْتَعْجِلَ الدُّعَاءَ وَيَسْتَبْطِئُ الْإِجَابَةِ So one of the mannerisms of dua is that you don't get hasty. Don't say the answer hasn't come and it's taking too long and it's not happening. Do not get like that. فَيَسْتَحْسِرُ الدُّعَاءَ Because otherwise a person becomes... Uh, He feels like the du'a is not being answered, and in the end, he stops making du'a. If he's too hasty about things, uh, in the end, he stops making the du'a because he thinks it's not being answered. There is a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said, "Do not be hasty." In wanting the answer for the dua, that the response to your dua will occur as long as you are not hasty. As long as you are not hasty saying, I made dua and it's not happening. I made dua and it's not happening. As long as you don't get hasty wanting it to happen too fast, then inshallah your du'a will be answered. لا يزال يستجاب للعبد ما لم يدعو بإثم وقطيعتي رحم ما لم يستعجل. قيل يا رسول الله لإستعجال قال يقول قد دعوت, وقد دعوت فلم أرى يستجيب له عند ذلك ويدع The Prophet ﷺ said your du'as will be answered. They will carry on being answered. The du'as you make, as long as you're not making any du'a which is about a sin or about cutting the ties of your families and things, no du'a like that. Good du'as though, they will always be answered. As long as you are not hasty, as long as you are not hasty, then your du'as will be answered. They said to him, what does it mean to be hasty? How would I be hasty? The Prophet Sallallahu said If a person starts saying قَدَّعُوتُ وَقَدَّعُوتُ فَلَمْ أَرَى يَسْتَجِيبُ لِي That I've been making dua, I've been making dua But I can't see anything happening it's not, it's not happening for me, the dua I can't see any reply from Allah happening for me If a person starts saying those things Then he becomes sad and he ends up stopping the dua he says, I've been doing it, I've been doing it, but it's not happening. So then he stops making dua. So a person should not be hasty like that when making the dua. As long as a person a person is patient, then that dua, inshaAllah Ta'ala, will be answered. That is the section we'll have to conclude on. Any questions up to there? People of who? Ah. Was that before Nuh or? After the flood it happened again, Shirk carried on, but the first time it happened around about the time of Nuh maybe just before he came, maybe just as he was there, just around about that generation it started happening. That was before, that was at the time. Those people, they used to exist at that time, before Nuh salam came to them as a messenger. That was then. They died, people started going to their graves, eventually made the statues, eventually afterwards, the shirk began. So that's when Nuh salam came. So those people were there just then, before Nuh Allahu Alam it's not really mentioned, but it would be in particular the nation of Nuh. That's what was specified here because they were the ones Nuh said they don't listen, they don't accept. So the punishment was upon them in particular. More outside of Allah. Anything else? We explained to them that Islamically the rule is very simple. And the rule is the impermissibility of having graves in the mosques. And that rule comes directly from the Prophet ﷺ himself, from the revelation from Allah. That's in the Qur'an, in the Sunnah, the narrations will be mentioning. So that's the rule in Islam. They say, okay, but how come his grave is in the mosque then? If that's the rule, and these are the narrations you're telling me about the rule, then how come his grave is in the mosque? Tell them his grave is not in the mosque to be worshipped or anything that was something historical which happened because in the early days the prophet's mosque used to be even smaller than this even smaller than this and then slowly it got bigger, 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 they carried on expanding it, expanding it, expanding it backwards, to the side, everywhere they carried on expanding it obviously they couldn't expand in one direction they were stuck because that's where the house of Aisha radiallahu anhu, where the Prophet was buried. So they couldn't extend that way. They couldn't move his grave. So they were stuck. They carried on extending all the other sides. Eventually, years later, the person who was in charge, the Amir al at the time, after the Al-Khalifa Rashid and everybody afterwards, he decided, we're stuck and we have no choice. We need to extend this way a little bit as well. We have to extend the mosque this way too. The scholars at the time did not agree. The scholars at that time, they said, leave that side, we'll make do, we'll manage the other ways. But he said, no, we're stuck. We cannot keep you know, going this way and knock the houses down, etc., etc. We need to make some space this side too. So even though the scholars didn't agree, this is in the books of history, he was the ruler, so he has the choice. He decided we're going to expand a little bit this way. So they made the walls around the Prophet's grave to cover it up walls on all of the sides only left one side at the front open because it's sunnah to go and give salam so they left one side open but made walls all around the other sides now when you go you can see from all the sides you cannot even see what anything walls up to the ceilings nothing only at the front you can see there's the grave blocked from all of the sides you cannot do anything so they blocked it off and they expanded for the sake of expansion Because they were stuck expanding the other ways. That's in the books of history what happened. That was the reason why they went that way. Because of the need for expansion. Obviously much more Muslims were coming everything. But even when that happened, it was fully closed off. No shirk is permitted. No prostrating to the Prophet. No going there making dua. If they see you, they'll tell you don't make dua this way. Make dua to the Qibla, everything. All forms of shirk are prevented. Nobody's allowed to go and worship the Prophet sallallahu alaihi So you tell them that isn't something that was purposely done for worship or anything. That was just a need. It was a necessity in those early days, a thousand years ago when they were expanding the mosque. They expanded that way because of necessity. Even when they did, they blocked it off with walls everywhere. Nobody can even see the grave. Only from the front when you give salaam you can see that's it. No shirk can happen there. No prostrating, no slaughtering. No calling upon his name. Nothing like that. So that is all that is. That's okay. That's sunnah. When you go past to give salam to the Prophet That is a sunnah to do that. And give salam to Bakr and Umar. The Prophet is mentioned about a hadith. How the salam reaches him. And uh, in some narrations. If you can even give salam from here. The angels they take the salam to the Prophet this is not a proof, though, that the Prophet Wasallam is alive here now. He can see us and everything. People misunderstand these things. That doesn't mean he's alive now. He can hear us and see us, and he's here everywhere. That is one specific Sunnah. Specific. When you're there at the grave, you can give salam to the Prophet and walk on. When you're here, you can give salam to him, and that is taken by the angels. But none of that is a proof that he's alive and he can hear us and see us, and he's here everywhere in the mosque the only thing people misunderstand so we'll have to leave it there inshallah next week normal time approximately 6 45 p.m